your bath. Let them know how you looking up. Ow! New G-Shop check. Yellow level king bath. BBC shirt with a fresh pair of jeans. Black card spinning when I hit the mall. You can't catch me. I'm so ahead of Marco. Welcome in, you are listening to one of the most top rated podcasts in the country, Keep the Change. Before we get started, leave a five star review so that we can continue that trend and then we'll get Mikey coming back as we do again today. Good to see you as always mate. <laughs> Thanks for having me in mate, another beauty Sunday in here eh? Have you got that new G-Shot yellow Lamborghini chat? Not yet. Spin it with your black card. Okay. Because I thought that a lot of people may be ticking up. They might be ticking up that G-Shock, maybe even some new fresh pairs of... It's all on Afterpay, baby. Yeah, some Jordans. What else is it? Let's find out. I can't remember. It's amazing the messages you've got coming in there about people who are using it out of habit and don't even need it. <laughs> oh, yeah, BBC shirt. Yeah, okay, that's what it is as well. So, mate, I know, it's it's uh, we weren't even going to be talking about buy now, pay later, but... The but it could, it would, it can cause this. Yes, what we are talking about buyer's remorse. Let's get stuck straight into it. Now, I think this is this could be one of the most important episodes for some people because recently I put something on the story and was basically like, you know, do you regret buying your property? Mm. And I was blown away at the percentage of people, and there were hundreds of people who mm. voted like yes. And the message being like, if we had known, you know, these things, if we had known about these repairs, if we had known about interest rates going to this, we're questioning whether we should have just stayed renting. I was like, oh my God, I didn't realize that so many people weren't happy with the decision mm. that they've made. And yeah, I think we need to kind of unpack that to maybe give some people some confidence or some clarity. Yeah. So for people that have never had buyer's remorse before, it refers to negative emotions such as regret, anxiety, or guilt that a consumer may experience after buying an item. It, and, okay, so the bigger the item, I reckon, the more, the higher the chance. I guess you can yeah. get buyer's remorse from, like, the classic one is the flash car, man. Like, you go spend, like, 50 grand on a Beamer, and then, you, and then you just realise it's a fucking two litre, four wheels, and just like the Toyota fucking whatever. You get home and <laughs> you realise someone's like, a Beamer will ream you. <laughs> but yeah, I think uh, we do see it in property, and it gets it gets exponentially larger when the value of your home's going down, if you, if you bought, and then have, it's lost value since you agreed on a purchase price. And I think, I do truly think that you can avoid buyer's remorse. Mm. Um, but you have to be buying with very clear intentions and very clear goals longer term. Yeah, I like that longer term again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. because uh, if you get into that, like the FOMO thing that we had in 2021 with housing, um, I mean, I remember having it when I started making a little bit of money and could finally afford like a, a sports car or something, not not a flash one, like spending 10 grand on a car instead of like 500 or whatever, you know. Um, and you get, I, I was getting buyer's remorse then because I'd used up all my money. Yeah. And I was like, shit, I sh probably shouldn't do this because if this car breaks, 
I can't fix it. And there's all these things that you start creating in your mind that probably can melt. <laughs> <can> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you start thinking of all these things, you know, and then you regret it and you're like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. And you have it happen on the property. And I see it happen with people in mortgages who, especially in 2021 and have the remorse in 2022, um, because they didn't they didn't process all of the information that they could have and it, and it costs you when you do that and you didn't even look at like people were buying houses without even looking at the repayments man yeah that's and and if you do that and then you're like oh shit my mortgage is now 1200 but my rent before for a similar house was 600 fuck yeah so good that you just said that cuz that is the part of this is comparison mm mm-hmm. mhm you know, some people said, oh, you know, I'm just not sure if we should have brought, we could have just stayed renting. And it's like, yeah, because you were comparing. Mm. But like when you brought the house, were you like, hey, you might buy this house. And um, just before we do, we're comparing it to renting. Yeah. That's probably not why you were buying it. Nah. So you're now applying a completely different way to make you, a decision yeah. with something that was not how you were thinking. And that's for where sure. you fuck yourself a yep. bit. Like that. that's one of the ways that you can make it really hard for yourself. I think comparing... Comparing is a massive one because comparing to things that you didn't compare at the purchase price, at the purchase time, it's a no-no. Like you should think of those comparisons up front and be like, okay, once I move in and I have this house and mortgage or this fancy car and, you know, you whatever, uh, what will I think about? Mm. <laughs> and then try and reverse engineer it. And then the next thing that I see all the time, man, is um, it, it just, even if it's not the repayments and not the, is this all right? Yeah, yeah. I was clicking my neck. Oh. <laughs> so, I was moving mine. Yeah. yeah. Um. If 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 you've if it's not the repayments and not that, I just see people get buyer's remorse because it's like it ain't what it cracked up to be, sort mm. of thing, you know. And like all of a sudden, yeah, you know, the dude's got to fucking fix the guttering and paint the fence and like all of this stuff, and you're like, ah, oh, shit. Yeah. And it's just simply like not as exciting because the exciting part the reason you wanted to get in a lot of the time was the capital gain <laughs> good point <laughs> and that doesn't exist once you're in the place because you can't get capital gain unless you sell it mm. you know and if that's not sitting in the back of your mind everything else pops up and like I say to people sometimes there's a really high chance you'll get buyer's remorse if this was your goal so if your goal was to own a house then you get the house you've got nothing to work towards next you're going to feel like you've got buyer's remorse because it's it's not like the the house you live on isn't good enough. It's not that you didn't buy enough bedrooms. It's not that you've got to paint it or whatever. It's the fact that you've achieved the goal, that you've spent all of this time working towards living at mum and dad's, saving, doing all the sacrifice to get it, and then you achieve it. Once you achieve a goal, you see guys in business do it. They fucking start collapsing if they don't have the next part of the mm. journey to take on. People who do PhDs, masters, they just they're keep like, going. Or, or they think like, well, I got my master's. I yeah. thought it was going to be so important. And then they're like, oh, mm. um, why does no one care? What's going on here? What's the, why don't I feel like I've fucking clocked the education system? Yeah. And it, as an example, I haven't done that. So, but, I'm, but I've read <clears throat> about people talking about that with psychologists. Well, you do see people get in the trap of continually going back to get more and more educated. Like you'll go and do your masters then phd then whatever comes after and you do as much as you can and then you're like oh fuck i'm 50 i better start i'm the, I'm the professor here <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm now teaching the kids yeah so yeah and if you don't 
So, like, if you move into your house, make sure you've got the next part. Like, in my job, it's my job to be like, right, your next journey is to end up with no fucking mortgage. Hey. So you've got to pay that off. So what are you going to do about that? Are you going to take extra steps and try and chase down some goals there? I love that. Um, you've just brought your first home. You're pumped about it. And Mike, he's like, hey, so what are you going to do about paying this off, man? <laughs> <laughs> you've got to be thinking about goal number two. <laughs> hey, that, you know, don't get the bank 30 years. Let's go. But that's just like from experience. That's what I've seen. Mm. So I You're try solving and, their next problem. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, helping even them. Even though yeah. I don't know, it's gonna gonna hit them. Yeah, so. I think um, like if we went back to foundations of basics, right? So, say you brought a property in 2020, 2021, um, 2022, even let's just say, but even let's just say the last forty years, just about, mm-hmm. or maybe take out the 08 area, but like all you have learned is price go up, mm-hmm. house go up, house increase in value. I got taught this. I know this. And, but let's just go back to 2020, 2021, right? Your decision-making framework or your um, the environment you're in is house prices are going up, everyone's buying, interest rates are going down. That Those are the data points. Mm-hmm. Now, fast forward to 2023 and even 2022, data points are house prices are going down. I'm itching to find out when the bottom is. Uh, people aren't, seem to be, there's not as many sales. Real estate agents are struggling. Uh, and interest rates are going up. They're literally the complete worse. Yeah. Uh, reverse. Reverse, yeah. So, of course, your brain is going to be like, what the fuck have I done? Mm. Because you're now in a completely different world to what you were. And now, okay, let's look at it again. So, interest rates going down, prices going up, positive, positive. House price going down, negative. Interest rates going up, negative. Mm-hmm. Okay, imagine being in a great relationship. Very different environments. Exactly. <laughs> Great relationship, and you're like, you know what? That bird is hotter. I'm, I'm fucking doing it. End up over there. Turns out, psychopath, and <laughs> and actually is like, no, I don't have sex. And you're like, whoa, got this wrong. Negative, negative. You've gone from two That's the positive. Funny. That's a weird analogy. Yeah, sorry, I don't know where that one come from. <laughs> but of course, you're going to be like. Did I make the wrong fucking decision here? Yeah, you got But actually, they're like, well, if you hang around for another three months, you, I might uh, turn into not a psychopath <laughs> or something. But I think people need to be realistic about the data they had when they were making their decision. So I'm almost like defending you or trying to help you understand how you come to the conclusion that, yes, I should be doing this. And everyone else around you was doing it. Are you the more likely to do it? Of course you are. So you've then got to be like, can I learn from this? And the thing that you could learn from this is that at some stage you'll have to make another big financial decision or just decision in your life. So what the lesson is that you take from this is you say, how would I feel if, and then insert the reverse of the current data points you have Mm. are. So what that basically means is you're about to buy a property and it's going up in value. Interest rates are coming down and you ask yourself the question, how would I feel if this doesn't go up in value for three years or if it actually comes down in value and I have to pay more to live here, Mm. then you get to start to go, right, that is not the case yet, but it could be. At least I now know how I may feel in that situation because you're asking yourself, how would I feel? And this isn't just about property. This is, I'm looking at Heartland Bank shares at $1.50 and I'm like, Luke, you stacked cash. You know that this isn't a dollar fifty stock. Deploy the cash, <laughs> and I'm like, how would I feel if it goes to a dollar thirty? And I'm like, well, I could probably stomach it now, but I didn't. It's mm. a back at a dollar eighty. 
And now I'm like, I knew I should have brought it down 50. <laughs> yeah. And that would have helped me dollar cost average into it, you know? <laughs> so again, in action from me, I fucked it up. But the same thing. Now I'm like, oh, fuck, maybe I'll get in now because I knew I should have at $1.50. Question for Luke is, how would I feel if tomorrow I wake up and another US bank's gone under and I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to, like, only I can know how I'm going to feel. But mm. you've got to start like, asking yourself some of these questions to just get out of the environment you're in and get into an environment that may come for you. Mm. And also asking yourself on different timeframes is really important because... <clears throat> Like if you buy Heartland shares now, Luke walks in at a dollar eighty. And if you buy them knowing that you're like, nah, in ten years this is an eight dollar stock. Mm. No matter what. Like that's a that's my base case. Then you're probably okay if you're gonna deploy cash and not touch it for ten years, unless something dramatic happens to pull it out, but basically you're not gonna touch it for ten years, then it doesn't matter if it goes down to a dollar. Which is what you should be looking at when you buy your house too. Correct. You shouldn't be looking at like, you bought it in 2022 and now 2023 it's worthless, but you, you're not going to sell it. Mm. So why does it matter? We talk about that quite a bit. I know, it's like, I feel like I go on about this. And but then if, all, all the people that are like, no, you don't understand, I need to buy somewhere so that I've got security of where I live. And I'm like, so then why are you ever looking at the price? Yeah. Like literally, why do you ever, like why are you even fucking commenting on yeah. this? <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. Like you've got your place to live. Literally the price now should have no... If you are concerned about price at all, which you shouldn't be, do you think, how long would you like to live in this home, okay? Uh, seven years. Okay. Do you think if I buy this house right now, there's a good chance of getting my money back in seven years? Yes or no? Okay, cool. Cool decision made. Price... Mm. No longer matters. Yeah. You went through that thought process, done. Now go and do it for your, I don't know, security or whatever yeah. you, whatever other reason you had to do it. And then try and process that because then you won't have buyer's remorse when it drops 40%. <laughs> I think some people as well, they're probably just feeling like, fuck, how did I get this wrong? Or how did I, like, how did I get the timing wrong? Mm. You know, or why me? Um, those sorts of things. But again, yeah, zo- zoom out, you know, and ask yourself, how would I feel in 10 years if I look back and go, every week I actually paid down some of this debt, it forced me to save, and you know what, like I've now built up some more equity, or it's forced you to find some increased income to live within your means for a decade, mm. you know, to be like, no more buy now, pay later and shit, no more like fancy stuff, you know what, the priority here is to fucking pay down the debt. Mm-hmm. You learn those skills at, in, at, over a decade long. You become one of those people that in 40 years, when we go through this again, it's like, oh, I remember when fucking paying my interest was 80% of our fucking household income and we lived on this and we did this and now my kids have learned this from me. You'll be like, oh, well, yeah, that was actually quite a good decade that we went through. But right now it's not going to feel like that because nah. you're comparing yourself to all these other people that have gone through like, oh, fuck you, yeah, I sold at the top and I bloody now I've gone and done this and I've been able to buy this car or start this business and you're like, oh, my God, really? Like... Yeah. Well, look at my life. Like yeah, you're, you are not those people. Serve you well. No. Um, I have. If you feel this way because you bought in like 2021 and you're feeling that way, I have huge sympathy because uh, not many people were walking around talking about what we're talking about now that this could be a possibility. Everywhere you looked, it was even the fact that interest rates were down at two percent was the was an encouraging sign telling you to go take out the debt. The reason they take them that low is to 
say to society, come and get it, it's really cheap at the moment. That is the point of it. Mm. That's what the Reserve Bank did because they're, they're saying, shit, we need to make sure money flows through the economy because we reckon the pandemic's going to fuck up the economy. Go and take this cheap credit, have as much as you like. So there was no breaks on that. If Adrian so Orr was sitting next to me, mate, he would say, excuse me, Mikey, that is not what we wanted people to do. We wanted people to have more disposable income so that they could go and buy from the business owners to keep those businesses going. We didn't say go out and fucking buy and sell houses to everyone. Oh, that's very nice of you to say, Adrian, <laughs> but your actions speak louder than your words. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> and that was the last time Adrian so <laughs> was keen to come on the pod. <laughs> so, like, I, because of that, though, I like a piece in my heart holds massive sympathy because... We weren't all fucking macro economists going no. into that period. And we didn't understand, a lot of people didn't understand what was happening. And we just did what felt like the right thing to do. Mm. Because if you didn't, you felt like you were going to get left behind. Fast forward 18 months and you're like, fuck. What is the shit that I'm holding <laughs> after being told to go and do it? Yeah. So, I, uh, yeah. You... you you make your bed and you've got to lie in it. But, but also, I do have a piece of me that is sympathetic towards those people. And I think if it's really bad enough, it's okay to go through the process of being like, right, step back, sell the house, back to renting, whatever the scenario is, let's just fucking find our feet again, um, you know, build it up again and, and get going. Or yeah. decide to tough it out. Can you rent a room out? Can you mm. can you move out? Rent the whole house out. Yeah. You can know? you move out and rent it out? Can you Airbnb it for a weekend? For I know some, yeah, I know some people that have done exactly that. They're not. They weren't happy about it. They've rented the whole house out and then they've gone and rented with flatmates another place where they've got you know a bedroom and an ensuite and stuff like that. And they're like, we'll just do it for two years. Fuck it. Yeah, yeah. Take it on the chin. Is what it is. Yeah. What it was too expensive otherwise. What other options do you have? Yeah. Yeah. You know, you could sell it and maybe take a loss. They're like, we weren't prepared to go that far, but we'll go and sacrifice a bit of our like security and freedom and lifestyle that we thought we'd get with our home that yeah. you know, ate up our monthly cash flow. So You said something interesting there, and this is actually how I came up with the pod, and I forgot, so we've called it buyer's remorse. But actually, remember I sent you an audio. I was like, mate, I feel like we need to do a pod called You Brought Your House, Now Live In It, and it's like <laughs> you, you made your bed, now <laughs> yeah, lie in it. Yeah. And it's a bit like, well, you made the decision, just own it, and, mm. and like if if... If it's not really fucking with you, you know, which if it is, you then go and explore what we just talked about. What other options do you have? But if it's not, like, just zoom out. You brought your house. Now live in it. You know, enjoy it for what it is. You made the decision. You made the perfect decision with the data that you had. You don't have the data that we now have. And to be fair, most most people are probably in that situation. Mm. We just, as Kiwis, we just love to have something to fucking whinge about. Or I think we want to have made... You know, we don't want to have regrets. We want to have made mm. the the perfect decision, or we want to be like, "Damn it!" You know, um, or you know, we don't want to tell people, "Yeah, I did. I brought. I brought in November twenty twenty one. When did you buy this? Oh, yeah, that's twenty what twenty one. Some stage. Yeah. You know, oh, literally the the top, the very top. You know, not like me posting up on Instagram all the time. Fucking look at the stock that I brought at the very top. <laughs> oh my god, some of those are so atrocious. <laughs> <laughs> I think people are like, bro, what is wrong with you? <laughs> the Kiwi Saver fun that you're going to do. Fuck. <laughs> we'll call it, I should be voting for top of the straight, I think. We'll call it top Kiwi Saver. Top ki- <laughs> yeah. Or the bottom. We'll call it the bottom. Um, but the other thing you know, I hear people say is, if I had have known. Now, if I take this back to, let's go back to Heartland. So say that I find out that um, a bank are going to buy out Heartland. 
and they're like, look, you know, we're going to pay a premium. This is a $4 stock. Mm-hmm. And we're like, if I had a known that, I would have put more money in. Mm. Well, no shit. Mm. You know? Like, if you had have known where interest rates were going to go to and stay to and what, how, what was going to happen to house prices, like, yeah. would you have brought the property? The thing is, you didn't know. Like, unless you did, then you've got a different mindfuck that you have to work through. But yeah. for a lot of people, like, you, you didn't know. So you had incomplete information. We always do. There's two things there. You you didn't know, so whoopty shit, too bad, move on. Or next time, make sure you do know. <laughs> so go and learn. Like, Warren Buffett would say, because he owns Heartland stock, right? Yeah, sure. And when it got bought out, when he bought it at $1.30 and it got bought out by the bank at a, at $4, he would say, I didn't know that bank was going to buy it out at $4, but I knew it was a very, very good buy when I bought it, so there was a chance of that happening in the future. Yes. So I made sure that I had my piece of the sh- my share of the pie, so yep. in case that did happen. Yeah. So you're, that's where it's not, it's not luck, it's being ready for opportunity. Mm. And you spread yourself over these opportunities over your life and make sure that you have a piece of it when it happens. Yeah. I think as well, like... You know, we often talk about breaking your life down into five-year windows or seasons and 10-year blocks and stuff like that. What's wrong with just putting your head down for five years and just grinding out paying off some of your mortgage? Mm. Like, go through the pain. It's fucking mean. It's mean on the other side. Yeah. Like, it's no different to not having any income and things like that. And The happiest clients I have ever talked to are the ones that ring me and say, last payment on the mortgage going through. Wow. They're fucking, it's so, it's like a, it's a great thing. Yeah. And uh, the I, have, I have clients say to me, I just want my full income back. Mm. They might not be on a big income, but like if they're not far away, they'll sacrifice trying to speed that up to get there. And then when you go from like maybe 40 or 50% of your household income going towards a mortgage repayment to gain that back, you feel very wealthy after that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh yeah, man, I've never, never, ever had anyone regret paying off their debt. It's a, no. it's just something so basic and so simple. If you've got debt, if you speed it up and commit and be consistent with it, it's almost too easy. That's why we don't do it, and we just sit around a minimum repayment. Um, and the banks love that. You can't control the price of what your property is valued at right now. But if you get to a point in three or five or seven years or whatever and that we have another, or 10 years, and we have another property boom and you want to sell it in the boom, uh, that's fine. But if you paid off more money during that time, you get more back mm. because you paid less interest during that period. Yeah, yeah, like there's no, there's no calculation that you can argue with me that says it's like a good idea just to leave the debt. Like we'll get the inflation people. Like, oh, we inflate away the debt. Yeah, happens that I get that all the time. I'm like, cool, yep, sweet. So when you want to do a second one and inflate away that one too, how are you going to service that? So like you, you take away opportunities by having that mindset. I just think that you can't really beat removal of debt. Like just, yeah, like you said, put a five-year plan in place and smash it. Yeah, I think remember too that, you know, Kiwis view property as the ultimate inflation hedge and the place to put your wealth so, like, as long as that psychology continues mm. over a long period of time, you know, what's going to happen to your house price mm. over a 20-year window, a 30-year window, say? And that's the length of your mortgage. Like, that's how long you signed up for. Mm. So then why don't you think in that long term anyway? Mm. Um, you know, you got given something you can't afford. 
And they said, we'll give you 30 years to pay it off. Yeah. Like, that's what you signed up for. That was your mentality. Yeah, fuck, sweet. But you may just be thinking, no, no, I thought I, I could afford to buy a house. So literally, they said to you, you can't, but we'll back the fact that you'll continue to earn income, mm. put some insurance in place and shit, and we'll give it to you 30 years ahead of you actually being able to afford it. Yeah. So think 30 years too. So then think, okay, how would I feel if I sold this bad boy because I've, of how I feel in this 18-month period yeah. in 30 years when I have to look back and go, shit, you know, like Luke with his Harwood property, you know? <laughs> Do you think I'm not like, fuck, I knew I should have kept that. Like, I, I should have known better and I did know better, but I'm like, nah, you know, whatever. That thing would be fucking fully fully paid off and I'd fucking ha- I'd have a property manager and I would just be like, I just do not want to hear about it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I don't have that option because in the moment I'm like, nah, I want to have access to the money, I'm going to sell it. Yeah, so I, I always say this about other things. If When you start looking in a long-term time horizon, if you look at things like, if you look at something over a 10-year period, let alone a 30, like... Did you expect a 30-year period to go perfect every single oh, yeah. year? Like, if you think about a 30-year anything, you've got to expect it to be hard for one of those years. Oh, it would be unreasonable not to believe that. Well, don't we sort of expect a recession every seven years? So, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Unless we keep blowing the... Anyway, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so if you start thinking about those things, then you can remove your buyer's remorse for sure. Mm. Yeah. Um, I'll, sh- I'll I'll bring something up for you in a second, but there was I just think just like give give yourself some love. Like you you didn't have the information that you have now. We would all make better decisions if mm. we had the information that we have today, but we didn't have it at that time. So just chill, dog. You know, mm. like there was such a high percentage of people that were I think questioning the decision. I thought, wow, team, like you gotta back yourself a bit more. Like back mm. yourself that you'll get through this and, and, and bank the lessons and the hardship that you'll go through through this too. It'd be fucking amazing for Banking you. Banking lessons, man. Like, oh. yeah, remembering, I think we spoke about this in the opportunity of a lifetime pod was like, if you don't have the means to capitalize on a rough time, make sure you remember and learn about it during it. As in, remember how you feel. Remember how you felt in like when you built it and remember how you feel now afterwards and remember the downturn. Remember how people were talking and acting and like take that in and be like, ah, okay, so when it happens next time and you do have the means, you know how to navigate through this shit yeah. instead of being blind, feeling like you're blindsided all the time. Yeah, 100%. And that just, as you say that, just jogs my memory to someone, you know, I should have known when someone's telling me like, oh, you know, what do you think of Sanford's, man, the the fishing business um heard they've got like real good stocks and that should have been the moment for me to be like fuck if i'm like if this person's finally talking about this and i'm like i don't even know if i fucking heard of these i'm just having a look i think they've gone down <laughs> did you buy it <laughs> no, I didn't. yeah i didn't but they're, they're down over a five-year window they're down 46.5 percent basically um <laughs> but a one year now they're, they're sitting sitting about but anyway they've come back from kind of when people were spruiking it but the other thing mate is um I was going to say just as well. So we've just gone really positive there. I'm just going to flip it and go negative for a change <laughs> as well. If you're worried now, like scenario plan, like go forward and go, okay, mega fucking GGFC, the, the OG GFC. I, I wake up one day and actually, yeah, no one's getting credit. Yep. No one's buying houses. Can't interest, get money out of an ATM. Interest rates are going at 9%, 10%. You know, we're we're going to be here for two or three years. This is what because this is what COVID was mm-hmm. like. Fuck, world's ending. When we went the other way, we're like, let's give people as much money as yeah, we can. Yeah. What if we're like, no, sorry guys, this time to fix it, we've got to go the other way. Like, sorry, you can't be 
you're just going to have to live where you are and the bottom falls out of the property market another 20 percent and you're like fuck are you serious like you wouldn't have known that that was coming either Mm. so especially not now because the bottom's up exactly (laughs) you're being told that so scenario plan like how would you feel if your property went down even more and if rates went up even higher i was just thinking how i would feel and i was like you want to get into a position where you would feel like Mikey in that scenario. Because as you were talking about it, I was like starting to boil up with excitement. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but there was a time mm. when I couldn't feel like that because if it happened to me, I would have been panicking like a mofo. Yes. And I learned by looking back and recognizing how I felt during those times and stuff like that and making sure that I made it preventable to me in the future yes we have a big one next time i'm fucking i am she's on yeah i've stacked i've stacked the the cash for it i've made sure that i've got low very low debt levels i have compounded my skills and knowledge i have really increased my ability to access people through my network and social medias and stuff like that and i'm just doing i'm just constantly fucking jamming these things so when it gets hard Market shares my thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you're built doing the reps now. Yeah, someone that's done the reps, mate. A bloke called Warren Buffett. Just a few. From what I understand, he's been through 14 recessions. Mm-hmm. He's probably about to go into his 15th. He, hmm. Who would make better decisions in a recession? You, who have been through none, or Warren, who's been through 14 already? And his right hand man went through the Great Depression, Charlie Munger. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So I'll probably probably say that Warren's all good at decision making. <laughs> 92 years old, worth $112 billion. Didn't retire at 65 either. Kept compounding. Expects change to come. The listeners zoom out. Think longer term and beyond the period that is giving you frustration and grief at the moment. Mm. Now, let me highlight this as an example. Now, Warren, at age 14, he had about five grand to invest. Fast forward to 26, he had 140K. By 30, he had a million. By 33, he had 2.4. By 36, he had 8. And at 37, he had $106 million. Oh, it's starting to ramp up. Get this, at 39, he was back to 25. Oh, shit. What would Warren Buffett say to himself today at 92 or 93 if he looked back at his 39-year-old self who had just (laughs) lost... Oh, no, sorry. Fuck, I've got that wrong. Sorry. At 37, I think he's got, yeah, he's got 10 million. At 39, 25. At 43, he goes to 34. And at 44, so the very next year, he ends up with 19. Oh. So so he loses basically half of his net worth. Yeah. What would Warren Buffett, with $112 billion at 92, say to his 43-year-old self, or even 44, who was like, I can't stomach this. I'm out. I fuck this. Well, he doesn't have to say to his that, that age anything because he did exactly what he should have and he kept going. Bingo. <laughs> you know? But One he, of the few, though. One of the few. By the time he got to 44, he had 30 years of time in the market. Mm. You know? Gone from 44, to from 14 to 44, and then literally loses half of what he's built up. You know? Most of us, I think, would be like, fuck this. I'm never going through that again. Nah, you know, then he goes to at 47, 67 million. Then he starts racking into like 56, 1.4 billion, 58 billion at 83, 
you know so I think you may not have the skill sets or the mental capacity but other people Mm. have so look to them like study them go Mm. and just listen to them talking and just it can be very calming to listen to someone like Buffett because you like you're so like I remember during COVID when I'd be listening to interviews he'd be doing I'm like this guy's so relaxed man Mm. what the fuck yeah like why isn't he buying stocks like me it's really impressive those top guys that are worth you know billions from investing and obviously they're very good at understanding business and reading financials and understanding markets and things but really their biggest skill is time preference eh? yeah and patience yeah 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 that is very impressive to be able to do something for a really long period of time so as the saying goes time in the market not timing the market Mm. if you're feeling a bit bummed out about the position that you're currently in go back to the information that you had at the time of making the decision go back to the intention the purpose why did you buy what you brought what would you hope to achieve with time in the market over 20 or 30 years don't just make it about the here and now because Mm. the here and now is not the future and the perfect picture of what you would hope to have happened like doesn't exist anyway so Mm. just accept that your perfect ideal the likelihood of that actually happening is probably very 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 low 100% man I think yeah and it's not just your house it's your cars and your handbags and your shoes and your everything you can get it from anything and uh, if you are getting it learn from it take like take responsibility and, and then then use discipline later on next time. Mm. Yeah, it's really important. Otherwise, you just end up in a loop. Yeah, and don't do dumb shit that's going to compound your feeling. Yeah. You know, so going out and overspending on the beers when you're already worried about money, for instance, as mm. an example, or like buying something you really don't need and putting it on credit because you're just like, fuck it, I'm feeling gutted that this is the case. I might just do this to try and make myself happy. You're only going to compound the issue. <laughs> Once you can control that urge, like... Eighty percent of your financial literacy is done. Yeah, your skill. Once, if you can control the urge to spend with like a fuck it attitude, like fuck it, I'll just go and get drunk once. Fuck it, I'll just like do that. If you can control that, honestly, the, for the rest of your life, you've already cracked a massive part of it. So the next thing you need to crack is a five star review on this pod, <laughs> Marco Polo. <laughs> Stay out of the mall. <laughs> Marco, 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 Marco,